You know, I was like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 87 of the Top Wrestling Podcast. We're about to get right on into it, ladies and gentlemen. Normally, I do best thing, funniest thing. I do number one spot, but we got a lot of stuff to get into, so I'm doing neither of those this week. We got a lot of stuff to get into. The Wednesday Night Wars Part 2. Uh, all kinds of Bray Wyatt, Seth Rollins, what were they thinking? Brock Lesnar, Kane, Velasquez, we're going to get into all of it. And Master P is back in the wrestling business. Got to hop into all of it. You can find me at linktr.ee slash 2 pie. That's where all of my listings are for this podcast. So ladies and gentlemen, we're going to hop right on into it. And first up is night two of the Wednesday Night Wars. Like we did last week, we're going to go segment by segment. And that's how I am going to determine my winner. Uh, whether it was AEW, whether it was Impact, or excuse me, whether it was NXT. So overall, I will say that, you know what? I enjoyed both shows. This is another instance to where I'm not here to say that I had a bad time watching either show because they both delivered for me. But first up, we had the Young Bucks versus the Private Party. That opened the show and they had me right from Jump Jump Street, excuse me. On the NXT side, we had Drew Gulak versus Leo Rush for the Cruiserweight title. And... Look, that is a phenomenal matchup. That's a phenomenal gift to start off for NXT. But the Young Bucks versus the Private Party are the most anticipated matchup of the first round of the tag team tournament. They kicked it off with that match. And I was like, oh, yes, this is what I'm here for. So the first round I'm going to give to AEW there is not to say that Drew Gulak and Rush had a bad match. Because they didn't. It was a very exciting match. It kind of had my attention on both. Had AEW on the big TV much like last week. But I had eyes on Gulak versus Rush as well. They had a phenomenal matchup. But Young Bucks and Private Party, they just had a better matchup. Crowd was into it. And I enjoyed both matchups. I I had the Private Party winning that match going in. And the Private Party picked up the victory. Crowd went crazy. A lot of people were shocked because... People figure that, you know what, the Young Bucks are the most valuable tag team in the company. They're going to uh, make their way through this tournament, and they lose in the first round. I got to I gotta give it up to the Young Bucks as bookers of, of the company. They didn't put themselves first. They put over a tag team, a young and upcoming tag team. That is huge for the private party. Private party was trending all night on Twitter. Uh, on the other side, Leo Rush is your new Cruiserweight champion. And like I said, that was a phenomenal matchup. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the moment of seeing Leo Rush win the title. Uh, He's on track for another run in WWE. So I'm excited for him. But AEW gets round one. Next up, we had what is now known as the Inner Circle come out for an Explain Yourself promo. Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Jake Hager, and the crew. They came out and that went up against on the NXT side. Rhea Ripley versus Aaliyah. And which was Rhea Ripley and Aaliyah was a squash match. So round two goes to AEW when Jericho comes out. When that theme hits, the crowd goes wild. Jericho comes out with a microphone. Look, if it's one thing that I learned watching the Monday Night Wars, it's that 
Somebody with a microphone, somebody great, a legend with a microphone is more entertaining than, than a matchup going on. Like if Steve Austin comes out with a microphone, it's like, okay, hold up. If the NWO comes out and Hogan has a microphone, it's like, okay, hold up. What's going to happen here? And Jericho came out with the microphone. It was like, okay, let me stop what I'm doing because I got to listen to what Jericho has to say. Uh, the promo that Jericho gave, man, just fantastic. We had the We The People chat scoring for Jake Hager. And Jericho just shut the, the chance down. You know, AEW, I would assume that they would prefer people not chant we the people because it brings us back to the Jack uh, Swagger days. So Jericho shut it down, said, yeah, we the people suck. Something to the effect of we the people suck. And the gimmick was bad. It was made by bad creative. And that popped the crowd. And there was some people that really liked it. There was some people that didn't like it. Uh, people saying, oh, they just taking another shot at WWE. But here's what it did, man. Jericho killed the We The People chant. They stopped chanting it the rest of the promo. They didn't chant it the rest of the night. And he killed that, and he got the crowd back on his side. And then he shut the crowd up again by being a classic hero that Jericho is. So I love every bit of that promo. It was well done. Rhea Ripley, she looked good in that squash, so I'm happy for her. Uh, she got the victory over Aaliyah and said she's going for Shayna Baszler. AEW gets the victory in round two. Moving on to round three, we had Darby Allin versus Jimmy Havoc in the number one contenders matchup. Uh, and on the NXT side, we have Brizango versus Everrise, which was attacking by the Forgotten Sons. So we had the Forgotten Sons versus Brizango. And I got to say, I give this round to AEW as well. Darby Allin and Jimmy Havoc. Wasn't the greatest of matchups, but it held my attention over Brazango and the Forgotten Sons. The Forgotten Sons picked up the victory there. A Darby Allin surprisingly picks up the victory over Jimmy Havoc. And I gotta say, neither match really was great. But Darby Allen and Jimmy Havoc was by far the more interesting matchup and the better matchup. So round three goes to AEW. Next up, we had Cameron Grimes in a squash match versus Boa. Ah, he Cameron Grimes picked up the victory. Killian Dane came down for the beatdown afterwards. And I gotta say that this was going head up with an AEW commercial break. So since it was a squash, since it was a commercial break, I'm gonna throw this round out and move on to the next. Next up we have B Presley uh, and Emmy Secura versus Britt Breaker and Rio on the AEW side. Uh, we had our best friends and Cassidy Orange, Cassidy promo as well, going head up with Roderick Strong versus Swerve Scott. And I got to say, Roderick Strong came out. I heard that Undisputed Era theme hit. Did it. That's, that's, that did it. I was like, okay, let me see what's going on here. That, that theme is much like the NWO theme. You just got to stop when you hear it. So we had Strong versus Swerve Scott. And in that instance, I seen Swerve coming out. I said, oh, yeah. I'm stopping for this. So NXT, look, they won this round. Both matches were really good. I got to say, B. Presley and Mr. Curry, Britt Baker, Rio, they done an excellent job. They had the crowd on their feet of the whole night. Uh, Britt Baker picks up the win after sticking her fingers. And I think it was... Who's my was it Emmy Secure that got the tap out? I think I think it was she, she tapped out Emmy. Yes, 
So Britt Baker, she picks up the victory with Rio. We had something going on post-match with Britt Baker and B Presley. And I gotta say, I'm very interested in that feud. Like they're hyping that up, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll buy that for a dollar. So moving on to NXT. Obviously, Swerve Scott and Roderick Strong, they just had a phenomenal match. And I'm very much looking forward to what goes on with the uh, Undisputed Era from here. Uh, there's a lot of interesting storylines going on with Adam Cole. And the match itself was just phenomenal. NXT wins that round. Next up, we have the Undisputed Era out for a promo. Uh, we have Velveteen Dream out. And we had Ciampa come out for a promo. And this went head to head with Moxley and Sean Spears. So we had that, that promo and Dakota Kai versus Bianca Belair. All of that was going head up with Moxley and Spears. So the promo itself for NXT, I, I very much enjoyed it. Like Adam Cole, it's one of, one of those things where you got to keep your attention on promos. But in this instance, what held my attention more was Moxley versus Spears. So I'm giving AEW the dub on that one. Uh, but looking at the promo itself, it, it really established the heavyweight title race. Cole was out to cut his promo. Then he was interrupted by Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream put up some pictures, some embarrassing pictures. Like, what were we doing there with Roger Strong? But it will be Roger Strong versus Velveteen Dream. Uh, for uh, the title in two weeks. So I enjoyed that. I enjoyed Champa coming out uh, with a few words, and that was it. That is home, Goldie. So I enjoyed that promo, but Moxley versus Sean Spears, that held my attention more. We had Pac on commentary, which I didn't really like Pac being on commentary, but it, that's a small minor gripe, excuse me. The match itself, Spears and Moxley, I enjoyed. Moxley picks up the victory. And then we had a post-match of Moxley and Omega. Omega comes out with a barbed wire bat and a barbed wire broom. Throws the bat to Omega to Moxley, excuse me. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. Let's get into this. So that was broken up by Pac. And I gotta say, at that time we had Dakota Kai versus Bianca Belair going on. And look, AEW held my attention more because I was in the Spears of Moxley and I was in the Moxley and Omega. So moving on to the final uh, segment or the final round of the night, we had the end of Dakota Kai and Bianca Belair. And we have Bianca Belair's promo uh, slash like these these segments overlap. So slash Kusita versus Walter and that went up with the main event of AEW Dustin Rhodes Hangman Page versus Sammy Guevara and Jericho and that post-match brawl uh, look I'm gonna give the nod to NXT here for their main event I love the Bianca Belair promo going after real Ripley that is a match that I'm like okay let's do it I'm for it I'm down so let's see how that goes uh, the main event it was really close because by the time we got to Kushida versus Walter, uh, Dustin Rhodes and Hangman Page and Sammy Guevara and Jericho, they were a mid-match and the match was really picking up. So I had my eyes on the AEW main event and post-match Guevara and Jericho pick up the win. But post-match, we had a crazy WCW post-match brawl that bought out, it eventually bought out Cody Rhodes. Uh, the lights off, lights on, there's Cody Rhodes and the crowd just popped and we had a pretty cool moment. Cody Rhodes is uh, taking off 
his sleeves and he goes to town on Jericho. That eventually brings out the Young Bucks. We had so much going in that post-match brawl. It was phenomenally done. Darby all in on the skateboard. The crowd popped for it. And it really gave me a feeling I don't want to put any... Like, I don't want to be sacrilegious here, but it reminded me of these times where Steve Austin would come out and Jim Ross would be on the call, but you can barely hear Jim Ross because the crowd was going so wild. It brought me back to those days, man. Darby Allen was skating down and the crowd was going wild. And Jim Ross, you could barely hear Jim Ross going in or on, on the commentary table. So that was a fantastic ending to AEW. As for the matches itself, like once I really dug into Kushida and Walter and really got to watching it, Yes, I'm going to have to give that to NXT. That main event was phenomenal, even though I think Walter is overrated, but that's not the here nor there. I'm going to give that to, to NXT. So that is four to two. We had six rounds, four to two AEW. And I got to say, AEW held my attention far more than NXT did. Look, I liked both shows, but I thought AEW barely won by the skin of their teeth last week. I thought it was, I don't want to call it a blowout, but it was a clear victory for AEW uh, last night. And I really got to give it to them. 2-0 for AEW. We'll see how the ratings turn in. You know, last week we had people uh, making their excuses, coming out of thin air. Oh, it was just AEW's first show. Of course, people was, was going to watch it. Like, people wasn't even saying that. Are going into the week so we'll see what the excuses are this week we'll see if people keep that same energy or what they say ratings don't matter we'll see if they keep that same energy this week so moving on ladies and gentlemen i'm all excited but now i'm about to get mad bray wyatt and seth rollins <sighs> my goodness they're going into the pay-per-view i tweeted out man i gotta tell y'all i'm nervous because they didn't blew it with Bray Wyatt before. I'm nervous about this matchup. So we get to the matchup. And look man. The crowd is lit. Obviously Ellen Cell. You know we had the first two matchups. Uh, Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks was phenomenal. A phenomenal match. Wrong result. Uh, Sasha Banks should have won there. But a phenomenal match nonetheless. I enjoyed every stinking bit of it. Well done ladies. And even the tag match. Roman Daniel Bryan. Uh, versus Luke Harper and 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 those guys they 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 put on a phenomenal showing but the rest of the card was just eh, felt like filler. We get down to the main event, crowd is going wild for Bray Wyatt, and the main event starts and it's under a red light. And I'm just gonna talk about all the things that they got wrong here. It's under red light, and I'm like, okay, what's going on here? Why are we watching this match under this stupid red light? And I don't understand it. And I know there's people in the stadium or in the arena that can't see the match. So I was upset, but I was more upset for the people, for the live attendance uh, audience. Because I know those people that couldn't see what was going on. So that was enough. So we get down to the match and the match is picking up. And Seth is trying his hardest to make, you know, chicken salad out of you know what. And we're having a decent to good match, but we get down towards the end and Seth Rollins hit him literally with like 11 or 12 curb stunts and Bray Wyatt is kicking out on the one count. And I'm like, it got down to a point to where, okay, that didn't work. 
Then stuff stuff brought out steps. That didn't work. Then stuff hit the dude with a chair in the head. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like they 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 protected the chair shot, obviously. But he did it. And Bray Wyatt kicks out on one. And he is Hogan no selling everything. Like I figured, okay, Bray Wyatt is about to get up and do the, 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 the and hook up. Like he's he's about to do it. And like Bray Wyatt is just kicking out of everything. That just took me out of the match. Uh, first of all, from the from right then and there, I'm like, okay, like what is Seth? Is I, I figured Seth Rollins was gonna get a gun and shoot the fool. That's what I thought the finish was of the match was gonna be. For goodness sakes! But we get down to the end, and this is where the foolishness just breaks out. Seth grabs grabs the sledgehammer, and the referee is trying to talk him out of it. Seth hits the steps or whatever what was over Bray Wyatt he hits it with the sledgehammer and the ref calls off the match and the crowd just loses it I lose it because I'm sitting there like okay what like at that instant I said oh my god they blew it look man WWE they make things so hard at times this was one of the few things they got perfect perfect and the crowd is 100% behind Bray Wyatt. Everything you're doing is working. You got the dude in commercials on Sunday Night Football. And you're really strapping the rocket on this dude. And you don't go through with it at the end. You cheat the live crowd. You put a DQ in the hell in the cell match. I don't, I don't care if they said it was a they if it was a no no decision or whatnot. The referee called it as a disqualification. The referee blew it. Somebody blew it. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, I feel bad for Bray Wyatt because every time I said it on a podcast a month ago, every time Bray Wyatt gets freaking over, they blow it and they blew it again. And we'll see how it goes going forward. But they blew it again. How dumb can you be? WWE It's like, look, man, this would be like if WCW, you had Goldberg and Hogan and you got all the way down to it. They built Goldberg up all that much you had the undefeated streak and it'd be like if they got down to the match and they had a screw job finish to where Goldberg didn't win the title in front of that crowd like it, it comes some points in times to where you build a guy up so much so once he gets to the heavyweight title match, you have to have him win it. WCW had to put the title on Goldberg when they put him in that matchup. And WWE had to put the title on Bray Wyatt right then and there. And they didn't. And there's a good chance that the dude could lose momentum from here. And there was a report that came out from Fightful from Sean Ross. I said that Vince was laughing at the crowd, but he knew that. He had actually screwed up based upon the chants from the crowd. Crowd was chanting AEW loud, loud AEW chants, loud refund chants, loud start the match again chants, or however they put it. So the crowd was very upset and I felt their pain. And it's from a standpoint to where you had it with Bray Wyatt. This was it. Everybody felt it. So there's no need to screw around with it. Have a competitive matchup. Sister Abigail Bray Wyatt picks up the victory one, two, three, and you have a made star, the best thing in all of wrestling. Now we have a question mark. I don't know what's gonna happen with Bray Wyatt. We'll see going forward. I wish the best for the guy because I really like that guy. Speaking of being mad, Brock Lesnar versus Kofi Kingston, man. Look, 
I'm sitting there on Friday night and we get down to the main event. Not really a noteworthy SmackDown at all. Look, that day production-wise, it was phenomenal. The stage was great. We had excellent pyro. Our intro was eh, decent enough. And the more we got into the show, the more it felt like a regular SmackDown. Nothing new about it. Nothing said premiere week about it. Then we get down to the main event. And it's like, okay, gets down to it. And we got like 10 minutes left in the show. And I'm like, uh uh-oh. Like, you get to start thinking. And... I got that got down to a point before the show to where I was like, okay, Kofi's gonna get the win here, and then they're gonna, you know, roll it over into Crown Jewel, and that's when Brock gets the title. So they had a chance to make Kofi into a big star, even if it was just a competitive matchup to where Kofi loses and just pushes Brock to the limit. They could have made a star out of him then, but oh no, the bell rings and we got five seconds. Kofi Kingston takes the F5 and we get a 1, 2, 3 and I'm like, like I didn't even have time to react. I'm just staring at the TV. Like really man, they, they couldn't do anything better for Kofi. He couldn't have a competitive matchup. And like the, I, the people that defends this kills me man. Uh, they're like, well Fox wanted a, they, they wanted Brock, WWE can't control that. Did Fox book a 5 second match? No they didn't. So you could have put the title on Brock, but you could have had a competitive matchup. So I'm just sitting there looking at the screen, and I hear Rey Mysterio's music, and I'm like, um, what? And so Rey comes down, and Cain Velasquez is with him. I'm like, oh, wait a minute, Cain Velasquez. So there's a lot of ways that WWE went wrong about this. First and foremost, you can't have Cain Velasquez show up right after Kofi gets squashed because that that kills his debut you got the crowd thinking about Kofi and it's like oh man he lost in five seconds and you you want a phenomenal response when Cain Velasquez comes down and he didn't really get that because first and foremost there was the Kofi thing and second of all the wrestling the majority of wrestling fans don't know who Cain Velasquez is he's not really that a bigger star for MMA as it pertains to this day and age, people know him very well in the, in the world of MMA. But he's not McGregor. He's not Ronda Rousey by any stretch of the imagination. So many people did not know who he was. And looking at it, yes, Cain Velasquez took down Brock Lesnar. The Black took down some strikes to the head. And they had Brock Lesnar fear the guy, show fear. And like, okay, I understand that Cain Velasquez beat Brock Lesnar. But that was 10 years ago in UFC. It was 10 years ago. Like, okay, we're really going to run this storyline that Brock is scared of him 10 years later? Like, I guess it's something that I'll give a chance. But look, man, WWE has booked themselves into a corner because this is going to go down at Crown Jewel. And, like, Brock Lesnar can't lose at Crown Jewel. And it wouldn't be wise to have Cain Velasquez lose his debut match. So what are you going to do? Are you going to have another disqualification like we have with Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt? Like, is that going to go down at Crown Jewel? And look, they booked themselves into a corner. Not only that, like Cain Velasquez, no, he does not deserve what has he done in wrestling? He's done some phenomenal things in wrestling down in AAA, but like, no, he can't just ramshack his way into WWE and automatically get a, a 
what I presume to be a title shot. And even if it's non-title, like you, your first match shouldn't be against Brock Lesnar. Like build this thing up at the least and save it for a bigger day. Don't just rush yourselves into it and throw it at Crown Jewel. Because once they have the first match, like it's not special after that to me. So they booked themselves into a corner. Came Velasquez. I don't necessarily think it's ready yet for that type of matchup that's going to go down this month at the end of this month. So there's a lot of factors here. And even looking at the feud, is Brock Lesnar going to show up every week to build the feud? Like, we don't know that. So, like, there are a lot of variables to cross through. I don't even think Cain Velasquez is much of a talker as well. So will he have to have Ray do his talking for him? Like, uh, I'm not with this. And I'm very scared of how it will get built up. Look, man, I I'm just keeping it real with y'all, keeping it honest with y'all. So, we'll see how that goes going forward. Moving on, Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman. Like, they got into it on SmackDown. And I didn't like that match, nor did I like the confrontation on smackdown feels like we're putting mma and boxing guys over the our main roster guys but they got into it on smackdown then they got into it on monday night raw i didn't really like that as well we had them go back and forth tyson fury is a decent enough talker but i i don't really like when we say tyson fury versus Braun Strowman. it's not exactly tyson versus austin and by tyson i mean mike tyson versus austin i see that they're trying to put tyson fury in that spot but the problem with that is tyson fury is not over like that he's not mike tyson mike tyson was a worldwide name tyson fury is a star in the world of boxing but not a star worldwide so the confrontation with Braun Strowman and Tyson Fury on Raw was better, but I'm not in on this match. It's looking like that's going to go down at Crown Jewel as well. Count me as somebody that's not really all that interested in this win, although I'll give it a chance as a wrestling fan. We'll see how it goes. Will it be a boxing match? Will it be a wrestling match? We'll see how it goes going forward. I'm not all that interested in it. That's my thought, overall thoughts on it. Moving on, I want to go into some general thoughts, not on review, but NWA had their show NWA Power on YouTube, and I don't really know the product a whole lot, so I'm not going to give a full review, just some quick general thoughts. And I got to say, man, I loved it. Like, the old school setup really brought me back to my childhood. Like, I wasn't around for NWA, but I was around once NWA transitioned into WCW. So, this brought me back to my WCW Saturday night uh, days. Uh, and uh, I loved it, man. The old setup. And there were some general things. They had Nick Aldis, the champ, come out. Uh, in the beginning and he really gave a Ric Flair style promo Ric Flair used to have these heel promos classic Ric Flair heel promos but he used to also have promos to where he would put over the company and he would put over guys he was, he was feuding with he would put over Dusty Rhodes uh, at times he would put over Sting at times and in that promo he would fuel, fuel it up as to why NWA is the best company in the world. And he would talk about how the heavyweight title is the most prestigious title in the world because of that. And that's what Nick Aldis did. And he brought me back to Ric Flair. It was a phenomenal promo. And there were a lot of guys that I know. James Storm. It was good to see him again. I haven't seen him in a while. Eli Drake. And I really thought that they did a good job 
of informing me on people I didn't really previously know about, like a Tim Storm. I didn't know a whole lot about him, but we had several video packages going in to educate me on what was going on with Tim Storm and what was going on with this feud with Nick Aldis. So they did a great job overall. It's something that I'm going to be watching every week to keep my eyes on. Great, great job, NWA. Great job, and I will be looking for it next week. So, the last topic of the day, there's only one way to do this, and I got to bring this music in. Master P is back in the wrestling business, y'all. He is the new owner of House of Glory. Man, I saw this, and I was like, oh, my God. Wrestling is just on one in 2019, and I love every bit of it. Look, all I want to know is, I just want to get these jokes off. Is House of Glory about it, about it? That's all I want to know, because if they ain't about it, about it, this ain't going to work out. Look, are are they no limit soldiers? Look, Master P tried to told y'all, and he's back. Look, I'm sorry if y'all don't get these references, but it is what it is. If you know, you know. Master P is back. I got to say that I enjoy it because Master P enjoys the wrestling business. He loves the wrestling business. So he's back into it, back in the wrestling business. I enjoy every bit of it. Our Twitter loved it. I love it. And I'm excited. You know what? I'm going to watch House of Glory when the first show happens. Uh, is Master P going to be there? I'm going to check it all out. I am very hyped for all of this. So that's it for the Two Sweet Wrestling Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Two Sweet P-O-D.